Hi, I'm Danielle Isea. Welcome back to another episode of Mixed Take, a World Outspoken podcast where we discuss film, television, entertainment, representation, and why we think it's worthy of deeper conversations. And I'm Robert Rivera. In today's episode, we're discussing power Latina game changers and arguably the biggest name in the game, Jennifer Lopez. Wepa. So sit back as we press play on this episode of Mixed Take. Lights, camera, action. Before we jump into the, our conversation about Jennifer Lopez, I, I think we need to go backward a little bit and, and look at the person who, one of the people who helped pave the way, and that is Rita Moreno. Mm-hmm. The great Rita Moreno. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. There's some things that, that I think about. I don't know, Donnie, what are some things that come to your mind when you think of her right away? You know, I, I would say, obviously, the West Side Story, we all like know and love her best for. I think she is very outspoken about mm-hmm. her journey into and, and through Hollywood and the upward battle that it was for her to really make a name for herself. So I just see her as such a powerhouse and a trailblazer. Definitely. Let me give you some real quick factoids about her just to kind of help frame the conversation today. Awesome. I didn't realize this until I started digging. I'm glad for digging. I'm glad for the education here. She's only the third actor in history to EGOT. And if you are not, you know, submerged in the entertainment world, that's she's won an Emmy, Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Yes, yes. Uh, and I love what she won them for. Emmy, Sesame Street, Grammy, The Electric Company, mm. uh, which, by the way, old school electric company, new school electric company, star not starred, but uh, one of the cast members was Lynn Manuel Miranda. Mm. She won her Oscar for West Side Story, mm-hmm. and her Tony was on Broadway. She's the first Latina to win an Academy Award for acting. She's almost 90, and she looks fabulous. I mean, I see her walking around. I mean, I heard that in the production of West Side Story, the new one here, the remake, and and she has a a part in it that uh, when they would call cut, she was dancing Mm. in between scenes, and she's getting out there, and she's active and vibrant. And If you've seen Netflix's One Day at a Time, Yep. She looked incredible as mm-hmm. the grandma. And really, I mean, she's probably the age of a great grandma or a great great grandma, really. But she looks amazing. I loved this show and I wish it had continued. But absolutely, I agree. Well, think about this. If she's 90, how different the landscape, the entertainment mm. landscape has looked from when she first began till now. Oh, man. She grew up self-loathing. It's crazy to think about that, right? Like mm-hmm. these powerhouse people who have done so much. Mm. She she said that when you're little and told that you don't have value because you're Puerto Rican, you believe it. Mm. That kind of sets the framework that she mm. began being told, you're not going to accomplish much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At 17, she got the attention of an MGM exec because of her dramatic looks and flair. She was actually raped by her agent oh, wow. at 17 years old, and this became a huge mm. source of insecurity. So on, on top of those ethnic obstacles, she had trauma, trauma, yes, yeah. and this pain, and in a lot of ways, kind of degraded to an object, right? Mm. Then she struggled in the business. She was cast in ethnic roles, all sorts of ethnic roles, but she said that whatever role she was, she had to carry some sort of Spanish accent. So she's Egyptian, Spanish accent, if she's- Indian, right. Exotic person, Spanish accent. 
and she accepted those roles with shame. Mm-hmm. A rocky relationship with Marlon Brando was in her past that did not know that. She was mm-hmm. married when she became pregnant with this child. He pressured her to have an abortion. Mm. It was an affair. And then she later attempted suicide because uh, she hated uh, that she kept going back to him. Mm. Understand those obstacles Mm. and the things that they're pushing against her. Mm. Her career did not take off after an Oscar for West Side Story, only roles in lesser gang movies. Mm -hmm. She moved to New York and went on Broadway. She was on Oz and One Day at a Time, as you mentioned already. Mm -hmm. She said, there are so many talented people among Hispanics. Jennifer Lopez can't be the only one. Maybe this is an overstatement, but that sentiment definitely carries. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of critique about her later in life, but I really feel for her struggle. And so when I think about all of these things, it helps me remember that there's an uphill climb. And so when we're talking about her as a trailblazer, when we're speaking about her as paving the way, understand that that way was rough, that way it's like trying to pave a road through mountains. And, mm-hmm. and so as we talk about Jennifer Lopez, it's, it's good to understand that she's reaping the benefits of somebody who sacrificed so much. And also the very real human experience that what we would consider giants in the game have had to endure much like our own personal struggles of feeling less than not enough feeling like I'm going to get overlooked for X, Y, and Z because of the way I look or because of my gender or because of where I went to school or didn't go to school or whatever. All of these very human insecurities are felt literally by all of us. And we all go through hurts, some of us traumas, and finding a way to push through the darkness is, I think, the common thread between Rita and Jennifer Lopez. Sure. So with J-Lo, you know, I'm just going to start off on a highlight because J-Lo is my girl. She's been described as an actress, singer, dancer, director, producer, fashion designer, entrepreneur, mother, New Yorker. And one journalist said it this way. She is the model of the 21st century Renaissance woman. Mm. Yeah, my head was spinning with... (laughs) With all those titles, like, wow. Right? Even, you know, whenever she's, like, in interviews, she's always talking about, like, how much she's doing and how many plates she's got spinning at one time and and trying to keep them all going. She really does do it all. In 2019, she was even given the keys to the city of Miami Beach and is noted by Forbes as one of America's wealthiest self-made women with an estimated net worth over $150 million. Wow. And as all of us know, J-Lo has, she's made it. She's included in Oprah's 2020 Visionaries. So if we didn't think she made it, Oprah made it clear. <laughs> J- J-Lo is who we thought she was. Oprah doesn't just talk about anybody. That's right. That's absolutely right. So J-Lo, she was born Jennifer Lynn Lopez, born and raised in New York City, particularly the Bronx. If you know J-Lo's song, she's Jenny from the Black. Growing up, this was new. I didn't realize that she was an athlete. She ran track. She was in gymnastics. And softball was one of her top sports. She was the shortstop. She started dancing when she was five. And she did everything from ballet flamenco to jazz and tap and she landed her first professional dancing job in 1989 at the age of 20. Interestingly, much like 
season two, episode one's Will Smith. He didn't go to college. She did, I think, just one semester of college and dropped out to pursue dance full time. Throughout her career, she's endorsed several products and made lots of money with brands like L'Oreal, Venus, and Fiat. Had homeware lines with Tommy Hilfiger and Kohl's. In 2011, became one of the judges on American Idol, which is one of the things that really kind of relaunched her career Uh in the 2000s. Interesting thing, going back to Oprah's 2020 visionaries, with each of the visionaries that that Oprah um, selected in 2020, she had interviews with them. And in her interview with J-Lo, much like you discussed with Rita Moreno, J-Lo struggled to see herself as enough. Even after she did the movie enough, she still struggled? (laughs) (laughs) Even after the movie enough. Absolutely. Well, one of the interesting things about during that filming of enough, she had a like a mental break, a nervous breakdown Mm -hmm. and all kinds of things happened with her. So absolutely (laughs) enough was like a, a huge point in her life. That was one thing. Another thing is Oprah asked her this. Do you see the pretty that we see? And JLo's answer was sometimes. And sometimes, just like everybody else, I see all the things that are wrong. Yeah. You know, we, we look at these beautiful people and we're yeah. like, oh, my goodness, they must know. You know, she's one of people magazines, you know, one a year. She was like the most beautiful woman in the world. But still, we look in the mirror and see the flaw where yeah. everyone else looks and sees, oh, that must. That's such a beautiful person. What a- that, that goes along with that enough. Like mm-hmm. we feel very insecure. And I think part of that has to do with the praise of, of man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We know that can change very quickly. Mm-hmm. One moment they love you, one moment they don't. So you try to hang on as, yeah. as much as possible. So there's that insecurity. Like at any point, they could turn on you, something you said, something you did, whatever. And I think in her interviews, she always refers to herself as a creative, as an artist. Artists, generally, they feel more deeply than others. And you're creating things for the enjoyment of people. And so if you create something and they don't enjoy it, that hurts you to your core because it's like, ah, I put a piece of myself out there and now it's being critiqued and it doesn't bring in, you know, the box office numbers and the the finances and, you know, all all of those other things. As an artist who are, again, deep feelers and many deep thinkers, it's tough when you get back that negative critique. Yeah. So that's a little bit about J-Lo. Just to make a mention, we understand there are so many others. There's the Selma Hayek's, mm. Sofia Vergara, Penelope Cruz, Eva Longoria, and other people who are making it out there. So we're not trying to in any way diminish them. We're just, we're highlighting kind of who we see as the central, uh, if this is like a piece of jewelry, she's kind of that central piece. Yeah. In this conversation, absolutely. So Rob, question for you. Can you name... J-Lo's breakthrough role. So obviously like music and dancing is big. You know, we in the show center around movies and and television. So what was her her breakthrough role? I know you want me to say Anaconda, but (laughs) you know, Selena that put her on the map. (laughs) Absolutely. So good, good answer. Well done. Selena and J-Lo to be like one in the same for many, many years. Even still, she actually just did a tribute a couple months ago and they brought back Los Dinos and it, it was absolutely amazing. And I'm like, she still looks like Selena to me. Like, <laughs> right. 
So let's press rewind and look back at the career of Jennifer Lynn Lopez. Okay, so we're going to start with a little factoid. She became the first Latina actress to earn over $1 million for a role in a movie. Okay, that's cool Mm -hmm. and sad. Absolutely, because it wasn't until the 90s. Exactly. Very, absolutely very sad. She made her start in the industry as a fly girl dancer on In Living Color back in 1991. Again, you know, hearkening back to our earlier conversation, she describes yeah, herself. That was the show back in the day. Oh, man. That it was, was everything. The show. Absolutely. To me, that was the weigh-in factory. Like, they're all getting pumped out from that show. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, Jim Carrey also from that show. I'm checking to see where we could watch In Living Color. Like, is it on any streaming services? JLo describes herself, as mentioned before, an artist, a creator, and businesswoman. And like most of us, at a point in her career, she had to take a step back and begin to understand her worth, value, who she is, what she brings to the table. She says this, as an artist, you are the scarce asset. Yeah. You know what? I was thinking about this the other day. You can be a performer. I I think that's what separates her from like a performer, for instance. Yeah. You know, there's some notable people I can think of. I don't know why Brenda K. Starr comes into my head all of a sudden, uh-huh. but you have to become something bigger than just that. I think of how Dr. Dre mm-hmm. and Beats and, and he just became a businessman. Of course, Jay-Z is the best example of that to me, where he started off as just a rapper. Now he's his own industry. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think part of the genius is... You kind of have to pick a lane, even though she does it all. You know, you pick a lane and you're like, okay, this is what I'm really going to, you know, commit my A talent, if you will, to. And then I'm going to have all these like other things that are happening. So it's like for her, you know, she was a dancer first. Then in about 1995, she was like, you know what? I want to kind of switch this thing and start acting. That's when, you know, she started Money Train in 95. Mm. And then landed her big role in 1997 with Selena. Since then, obviously, she's been able to do a whole bunch of other things in the area of business and philanthropic work and and all other kinds of things. But for her, you know, kind of starting as a dancer, moving into an actor, and then becoming a TV personality in 2011 with American Idol. She credits Rita Moreno and her role, Rita's role in West Side Story as a major catalyst in her becoming an entertainer. So, you know, for us, we understand the importance of representation on screen and what that then does for other people that look like us, sound like us, come from where we come from, the power it is to see someone doing something that you want to do. Or or sparking the imagination of maybe I never thought about that, but while they look like me, I could do that or whatever else that I want to do. Go to the moon, be a CEO, launch a line of products, you know, buy an island. Right. <laughs> it's all possible you, now. Yeah. You know, and West Side Story is an imperfect vessel. Mm-hmm. And yet still her role, I think a lot of people look back and credit her as, as inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about Rita. So even if they haven't caught up, representation really does speak volumes, even if it's delivered in an imperfect vessel. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which is probably one of the hard parts is as uh, creatives, 
You don't want to put anything out that's not perfect. I know pressure is make this really beautiful final piece and then release it to the world. And sometimes, you know, artists release stuff and it's like, ah, that's not the greatest thing. But even in just putting yourself out there, letting it be what it is, flaws and all, because we're all flawed, there's nothing that we do that's perfect. And let that, you know, whatever, inspire, inform, educate, transform the lives of others, just giving yourself the freedom to create imperfect things, put it out there and learn from it and, and keep growing and keep creating. So, so I will, I will say this in, in the research uh, that I've done for Jennifer Lopez, one of the things that I think has really set her up for success or a successful career can be surmised in one word and that's movement. She's mm. always moving and doing something different and, and she doesn't stay stag- stagnant in, in one column, one lane. She doesn't let anybody pigeonhole her into being one thing or, or doing one style of anything. It's like, I'm going to try this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to launch this. Even if it fails, I'm going to keep moving and keep doing. And that's one thing that I, I really want to take from my lessons from her life and instill in my own. Just keep moving. Don't stop. Yep. Yeah, that's really good. I like that. So question, question for you, Rob. A lot of JLo films. What would you say is one of your favorite films and one of your least favorite? We'll go there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like the giggle. <laughs> I still kind of see Selena as that. Her iconic role. Yes, that's her best performance, I, I believe. Like I said, early on, Anaconda, that's, uh, that's fun. Just to be honest, I see J-Lo as something g- bigger than just an actress. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just personally, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't personally see her as an amazing actress. I think she's okay and she's fun. Her, her movies are fun. You know, like she did a few rom-coms that, that were really popular. The Wedding Planner, one of my favorites. Yeah. And those are, those are fine. Those are fun. Saw the movie uh, Second Act and uh, with Vanessa Hudgens and things like that. So she's, she's good in those. I haven't, I don't, I, I don't, nothing sticks out. But you know what? I will say this. Another notable movie I really did like enough quite a bit. Oh man, that was that was phenomenal. I will say this about Jennifer Lopez. I'm always uh you know like I watch her films and I know some people like you know they'll dump the haterade and be like, "Ah, you know her acting blah blah blah." I'm always amazed at how sold I am on whatever role she's in. Even in uh in, in preparation for this show, I hadn't seen it before, um, but I watched Hustlers. I thought she did a fantastic job. I was sold on this chick kind of being a con woman and being able to lead other she I think she slayed the role. So and 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 we'll get to a little bit more in the and get to the end of the show about what I'd like to see her in next. But yeah. What one thing I will say is she has stage presence. So she is captivating on screen for sure. Mm-hmm. And um so I I appreciate all that. What I liked her least in, I'll say this, Shades of Blue. I, t- I tried watching. Oh, I stop. Watching. I love her. Oh, I- stop. As Harley, first of all, the name Harley. Yes. Thank you, whoever wrote the show. Next, I thought she's so believable as 
this amazing cop who's got the mentor. She's a mom. Oh my goodness. I love her in the role. I love it. Okay. <laughs> what didn't you like about her? You know, in- I also maybe didn't give it a, a full chance. Did you ever see the movie Leela and Eve? Yeah. 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 That was, that was a weird one. I, and I like weird. So yeah, I don't, I, don't, I just, I don't know. You just I don't aren't know feeling that. it. I just can't. Yeah. <sighs> maybe, maybe it's because I'm such a fan. And, and but I, I I don't think that's I didn't hate it I didn't hate it it just if you're asking me what my least favorite All right, I, I haven't enough. seen some of I haven't seen some of the what a lot of people say I've heard both actually on Geely like it's either oh. stinker and somebody I've heard other people say it's actually brilliant and people missed the point I don't know so. <laughs> well just a little bit more about J Lo she's got some award nominations uh, inclu- including Golden Globes for uh, Selena and her role in Hustlers. Um, Grammy nominations for songs like Waiting for Tonight, Let's Get Loud, um, and a primetime Emmy for her role, um, or for the the Super Bowl halftime show Uh, back in in 2020. This is Uh, why she transcends to me acting. Acting is just one one piece of, of this huge icon that she is. Right, right. Right. It's acting, it's singing, it's dancing. Like we if we go back to the top of the show, producing, directing. She yeah. is the the model of the twenty first century centennial woman for sure. So I have a question for you, Donnie. What mm-hmm. is the ingredient that you think makes JLo so popular, so great? I think she has that it factor that Will Smith has. You know, I, both of them, Will Smith. Uh, starting at age 18, um, J-Lo starting at age 20. So they come out of the gate um, just incredibly talented, skilled, beautiful people. And, uh, you know, that it thing, that intangible, that's like, what is it about them? But then also the tangible qualities of being really talented individuals. Like maybe she's not the best singer in the world, but she could sing, she could stay on note. Um, maybe she's not the best dancer in the world, but she does her thing. She, you know, has has got all these different genres of dance under her belt. Maybe she's not the best actress in the world, but she does her thing and she could hold it down with, you know, these these amazing roles where she's a superstar, where she's a mom, where she's a cop, where she's the love interest, you know, so, so there's a, a diversity there. And so maybe she's not the best in any one of these categories, but she's the best when you combine these categories, when you mm-hmm. factor in the the dancing and the singing and the acting and the, you know, going back to the Fred Astaire days when everybody needed to kind of be this triple threat. It's not that way anymore. You could just pick one lane. You could be Denzel and just do acting. You could be Brad Pitt and just do acting, or you can be Bruno Mars and just do vocals, or you could do be like JLo or Lady Gaga and be like, you know what? I'm going to venture into both of these worlds, film and music and slay in, in both of these realms. Yeah. So so for JLo, the I think the thing that makes her really stand out, again, she has that it thing, and then she's got this um, multitude of angles that make her really great. Um, she's not just an actress, but she's so much more. And and maybe that's that's one of the beauties of the Latino culture, being so steeped in dance and 
music and storytelling that these multiple kind of platforms make themselves very, uh, very much like we can enter these worlds and dominate. It's just kind of in our blood, you know, it's the, the sofrito, the adobo that makes us who we are. So Academy Awards, if y'all are listening, where's JLo's nomination? Oh, I'm really excited. Oh, maybe we'll get to this in, in <laughs> just a little bit of the show, what I'm excited for coming up for JLo, but Academy Awards, be on the lookout. There you go. A couple of things that JLo, awards that she has won, um, and she's won um, MTV Music Video Awards, World Music Awards, multiple Billboard Music and Latin um, Billboard Music Awards. And interestingly, she's made the Guinness Book of World Records, not once, but twice. In what? So one interesting, she there was a, a remix in 20. 2002 it's called j to that low and it's a remix of her her first album and the the record is um that it's the first remix album to reach number one on the u.s billboard 200 okay kind of interesting okay yeah um and then her second one her second guinness record was a video that she released and it was the most watched female music video at the time this was back in 2012 Sometimes I wonder if I if I've broken a Guinness uh, record, <laughs> at some, but there's no category for it, and nobody knows who I am, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but what do you think that you've done to? I don't know. That's the thing. Like, oh, there's, there's, there's a category for everything, so who knows? So it could be like something that you do, you just don't know that you do it so much. Yeah. Mm. Got it. Mm. Fair enough. I like this. I like this thought. Okay. Um, she's also won awards in the area of fashion, the Fashion Icon Award from the Council of Fashion Designers of America. And she uh, won two Latin Oscars, now called Alma Awards, for uh, both Money Train and Selena. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so, Rob, question. Uh-huh. If you could set JLo up with someone you know, who oh, would Someone that? I know. Yeah, someone that you know. Oh yeah, I would I would set her up with my boy Ugo. Ugo's gonna be so happy. Ugo Perez, yeah. If, if uh, that, there's ever that opportunity, I'm I'm doing it. I love it. So J Lo, uh, we got a boy for you in Chicago. I thought you were gonna ask me anybody. I was gonna say George Lopez. Oh, okay. Just so she doesn't have to change her last name. <laughs> and not that she ever does, but there's no controversy here. I like I like both of these answers. Okay, so Hugo Perez and uh, George Lopez. What that's... you got somebody in mind? I feel like you asked me that question because you have somebody in mind. No, I actually, I, I actually don't. I really like the George Lopez answer, <laughs> or, or really anybody with the last name Lopez. Yeah, uh, as long as I mean, they would have to do like all my the... Lopez friends. There you go. <laughs> they would have to do the ancestry DNA thing just to make sure they're not like cousins. But absolutely, it doesn't matter. <laughs> If they're distant cousins enough, it's cool. I mean, once it's past what third, you're you're good. Doesn't matter. True. <laughs> Is that true? Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay. You had no you you would have no problem being in a relationship with your fourth cousin, right? Oh, I thought you were gonna say I'd have no problem being in a relationship with J Lo. I was like, no, I would not. She would be my sugar mama. <laughs> J Lo, you could be my girl. <laughs> totally kidding, but not. 
Uh, so one more question for you, Rob. Yeah. Who who was your favorite love interest that J Lo dated? You know, I always answer silly with these questions, so I'm just gonna say P Diddy. Oh, all right, fair enough. She did Sha- date him, right? Sean Puffy Combs. Yep. 1999 to 2001. Fair enough. I, I wanted to see what kind of music they could create together. <laughs> Literally fair, speaking. Fair enough. Love it. So, uh, Rob, right. tell us a, tell us a little bit about the um, the individuals that J-Lo paved the way for. Yeah, so I'm just going to highlight one. I mean, we can – there's so many. There's so right. many. Right. Um, every every uh, actor every, and actress every in, Latino in the Heights. Right now. <laughs> and, and Latinos. Like for in yeah. the Heights, like I'm sure all of them in, would be like in the pre show meeting. Go. In the pre show meeting, we were just talking about only murders in the building. Mm-hmm. Great show, mm-hmm. Hulu. Check it out, uh, Selena Gomez. But I'm gonna go America Ferrera on this one. Okay. Um, and it's interesting if you have not heard her TED talk. I'm about to recap it, but you can go ahead and and and, and check it out. It's it's really inspiring. She was constantly warned that people like her didn't make it in Hollywood. And, but she, her thought was, but, but I was an American. Mm. She was taught that you could accomplish anything in America, regardless of skin, if you worked hard. She says, I didn't need my dream to be easy. I just needed it to be possible. Um, the casting director asked her, could you do that again? But this time sound more Latina. And we talked about this before uh, in the Afro-Latino episode where people either they wanted people to sound less Latino or more or whatever. And so she she was like, what does more Lat- Latina sound like? Oh, it means broken English. She mm. was, And then the other thing is she was she was told other things. Well, let me let me kind of get into that. Um, her agent once said. Somebody needs to tell that girl that she has unrealistic expectations. She admits he wasn't wrong. She's like, I mean, I fired him, but he wasn't wrong. Her words. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, the things that she would hear. We're not looking to cast this role diversely. We mm. love her, but she's too specifically ethnic. Or unfortunately, mm. we already have one Latino in this movie. Mm. Her takeaway. My identity was an obstacle I had to overcome. And then she says, come at me, obstacle. I'm American. My name is America. So Mm. she stayed out of the sun. She straightened her hair. She tried to lose weight. She dressed more expensively so that they wouldn't see a, this is her words, too fat, too brown, too poor Latina. Mm. And they'd give her a chance. Um, she, she talks about the, the struggles in, in the industry. Stop mistaking Latina actresses for one another. In all fairness, for me, I do have a hard time sometimes distinguishing, not anymore, but for a while, Jessica Chastain and, or Chastain and Bryce Dallas Howard for a while, the two redheads. And I was like, wait, which one is in what movie? By the way, Jessica Chastain's super underrated actress. But for the Latinas, it's just like people would always call her the wrong thing. And what that does is it kind of muddies the water. I think she, she has a hard time standing out. She played Ugly Betty, a remake, obviously, of of a novella, and, um, and, and that was kind of you know one of those success stories for her. But I think one of the highlights for her was when 
Malala, by the way, congrats to her recent marriage, when Malala quoted her and said, I, she said, I had become interested in journalism after seeing how much my own words can make a difference. And also from watching the Ugly Betty DVDs about life mm-hmm. at an American magazine. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, she had an impact. So wait, so America Ferreira had an impact on Malala. Mm. That's wild stuff. That is wild. She says, just a few years ago, uh, my agent called to explain to me why I wasn't getting a role in a movie. And he said, they loved you and they really, really do want to cast diversely, but the movie isn't financeable until they cast a white role first. Mm. She felt uh, deep shame of failure that she couldn't overcome the obstacles on her own. And like we said earlier, she was okay with obstacles. Bring them on. She didn't have to, the goal didn't have to be easy. It just had to be obtainable. She came to, to the realization she was never, that she was never asking the system to change. She had just been asking to be let in. And those two things aren't the same thing. Mm. So there's still struggles, right? And of course, Jennifer Lopez one of the things that she has on her side is her beauty. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not saying anything about America Ferrera, but, but in terms of a superficial standard that's set by society, she was judged mm-hmm. unfairly on that, mm-hmm. and an un, unfair view of what beauty looks like, of what, um, of different roles. And so, so Donnie, what happens to Latinos when they're invited into a system that doesn't change? In other words, are these particular Latinos accepted as exceptions or the good version of the bad counterfeits that we see in the media? Well, this, this harkens back to our season two, episode two review of Colin in Black and White. There's a scene where Colin Kaepernick is poolside and the hotel manager comes in and he says, you're one of the good ones. And Colin Kaepernick was like, nah, like we're, we're all the good ones. You just have a faulty perception of Latinos or for him, it was uh, African-Americans for blacks. And so uh, Latinos have the same uphill battle to face. So what you're saying here is, exactly what Colin Kaepernick experienced. You're one of the good ones. It's like, nah, homie, we're all one of the good ones. Like there's so many of us, like Rita Moreno said, JLo can't be the only one. America Ferreira is saying JLo can't be the only one, you know, like I'm here. I, I'm beautiful. I'm talented. I can do the, the part. Um, but the opportunities seem to be so scarce. The, buying power of Latinos is not believable yet in many Hollywood casting rooms. The billions that we have to spend on whatever it is that we want, clothes, movies, shoes, homes, whatever, uh, Hollywood isn't bought into the fact that Latinos will show up or a plot or, or Latinos will bring people to the box office. Right, right. So in a lot of ways, they're grafting in as, as tokens. Um, the uphill battle, 
I, I want to just mm-hmm. real quickly with, with Rita, I think a lot of criticism has come when, when maybe she said some unpopular things after the release of In the Heights. And um, I know there's some controversy around uh, this new West Side Story. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people expect her to be the the voice that pushes back against the system. Mm-hmm. The difficult thing is when you understand her life, she's been pushing it back against the system all her life. And she's seen the biggest breakthrough that she's ever seen before. Mm-hmm. We're not there yet, right? Mm-hmm. We're still in the journey. Mm-hmm. That's where I get frustrated when we kind of put it on on her shoulders because She's already done so much. Absolutely. If she spoke up, mm-hmm. I'd applaud that. But at the same time, this is a system that where she was always looked at as the as the exception. Mm-hmm. Um, like I told you, people said that she wasn't going to become anything. She's just this little Puerto Rican girl. Mm. Don't expect don't expect much in life. And yet she overcome overcame all those odds and even the abuse and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I hear what you're saying. So we, we do have a long way to go. Um, but there, there's, there's, I think we still, we celebrate mm-hmm. the little successes and we keep pushing forward and, mm-hmm. and, um, move, keep moving, keep moving. Yeah. As you, as you Absolutely. said about JLo, right? Absolutely. Keep moving. <laughs> she kind of wills her way into that, into that limelight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when she accepted the role to American Idol, others around her were like, don't do it. It's going to be career suicide. And she was like, you know what? I just have to do what's best for me and my family. And I feel like this is the right way to go. And good thing that she did because it, you know, just kind of re- it was a resurgence for her after some, you know, kind of box office flops and all the, the romance things that happen, you know, our personal lives as, as much as we don't want it to sometimes our personal lives, affect our professional lives. And and so maybe that was some of what was felt with her screen or her uh, movie d- decisions and, and things like that. Yeah. But yep. um, movement, like just keep moving. Well, that takes us to the part of our show that we like to call fast forward. In this segment, we anticipate upcoming JLo projects, uh, as well as talk about projects that we'd love to see her in. So um, JLo's recipe to reach her own personal definition of success. Uh, she says there's four things that, that you need. You need grit, perseverance, clarity, and vision. So with that in mind, the projects that I hope to see JLo in, obviously I'm, I'm so looking forward to the film Marry Me. I've always been a huge Owen Wilson fan. I love JLo in rom-coms like... The Wedding Planner yeah. with Matthew McConaughey is probably like one of my favorite films of hers. I feel like that's her sweet spot for sure. Love it. But this one happens to be not just the the rom-com piece, but also the I'm an entertainer, singer. So the soundtrack is her, um, much like uh, Lady Gaga and um, Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born. So I'm just super excited for for this like, merge of these two worlds like she's had songs on um soundtracks before but never like the whole thing yeah 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 i'm 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 curious that 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 movie also has has piqued my interest i'm i'm curious it's outlandish what a weird concept (laughs) it is so i expect it to be ridiculous in some ways but i'm sure it 
in other ways, like you said, it's it's kind of this full package of of, of J Lo and and uh, Maluma is in it, who's a huge superstar in in the Latin world. To see two Latinos, you know, in this, I, I, to go back to America Ferreira's earlier point of like, oh no, but we already have one one Latino right. in the yep, role. Yep, yep. Now we have two of yeah. the three superstars in this film are Latinos. So I am very excited for That's this. Good. I'm, I'm just going to agree with you on that. I, I, <laughs> oh, he's awesome. He's absolutely amazing. Well, I agree with you on the take of Marry Me. Oh, got it. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yep. All right, Rob, what would you like to see? Oh, and I'd also like to see J-Lo on like a Netflix original or something on Apple TV um, last thing is I would love to see JLo in a Marvel film, not as like the superhero nah. herself, but as the mom of a younger superhero. So if you think okay. like, so if you think like Russell Crowe as Superman's dad, if you remember that, uh, this yeah. would be like JLo yeah. being some superhero's mom. Well, Russell Crowe is kind of superhero-ish. So Donnie, if you sell that role to me, like the role that, Marissa Tomei had in Spider-Man. Yes. I could see that. That's exactly, exactly, exactly it. I don't want to see her as a superhero. No. So I'm- Oh, I'm you're right. I haven't seen the, the, I haven't seen the Eternals and I'm also not comparing her skills to Selma Hayek, but um, oh. mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering how that, how that worked out. But anyway. You're right. You're right. So less Russell Crowe, more Marissa Tomei. Although I, okay- I, I, I see where, where the Marissa Tomei thing, but if they gave J-Lo a role where she is more like superhero-ish, like Russell Crowe, maybe we would be able to see her acting prowess. We would see if she's got the grit that I think I know she has. Okay. Unpopular take. I didn't love Samuel L. Jackson in Star Wars. I could have done that. I, I also could have done without Samuel he, L. Jackson. He felt like the, the reason being he felt like Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yeah, like, he just felt like Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Didn't feel like one of the Jedi to me. One hundred percent. So it's all right. I can I can get past it, but it, it takes work. I just yeah. want to get lost in, well, that, in that character, and I think well, J Lo would just distract me in that way, and, no. and she would just feel like J Lo. No. So the thing about Samuel L. Jackson is now he can only be Nick Fury. Like he's just got to play that role and only that role and he'll be good. He'll make the money he needs to. He'll be fine. JLo, I don't think we've seen the extent to what she okay. can do yet. Especially, what I want to see. Wait, wait, wait. Especially because we barely get to see like hair, makeup, costume design. We've never seen her in anything like fantasy or outlandish like that. I think she could do it and pull it off. It doesn't even have to be fantasy. I would love to see her embody somebody brand new with a different body type um, and and maybe play something. um, I'm just going to say this again. This is kind of my my theme. Maybe uh, something about um, the Puerto Rican uh, uh, communities in in which she grew up in 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 New York and and she plays somebody where you, you look at her and you don't, you can't even hardly tell it's it's Jennifer Lopez. If you've seen mm-hmm. any of the trailers to The Batman coming out, um, Colin Farrell is in the movie as the Penguin. And when you look at the trailer, mm-hmm. that does not look like Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's completely disguised. Exactly. I would love to see J-Lo <clears throat> in something where she's very disguised. Um, 
you know, maybe maybe um, she's look uh, maybe they add weight or they change her, her <laughs> facial structure or they do yeah. something so that she is unrecognizable. I want to see her act beyond me just looking at, at JLo on the screen. I, you know what I think of is Gwyneth Paltrow in uh, Shallow Hal. Okay. Where, you know, Not- she puts on the fat suit and <laughs> I would absolutely love that. Dream, but uh, but I, I haven't seen I haven't seen the House of Gucci. Does Lady Gaga do anything like that? Ah, uh, does she do any facial changes? I'm not sure. Anyway, but either way, I mean, um, I mean, she definitely some kind of transformation. How about that? That's yeah, what I mean. yeah, yeah. I just want to see some transformation so that when she's on the screen, you barely even realize. Whoa, that's that's J Lo, and then then let I want to see what her acting. How you know if her acting can carry it. Um, and that's, I think that would that'd be great. Yes, that's it. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. And as far as like something Marvel related, but where it's like something other outside of like her look, her everything just changes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Well, finally, we press pause to reflect, give our final takes and highlight reoccurring themes in the life and career of JLo. Now, before I give any of my my thoughts, I was curious because I got some good feedback on on a previous episode, uh, the uh, the Afro Latino episode from um, a friend and listener of the show. Her name is Liz Combs, and here's some of the thoughts that that she had, which I really appreciate, and I thought added to this conversation. She said. It wasn't weird, and I asked her some questions, and she said it wasn't weird not seeing Latinos on TV growing up because I didn't know I didn't know any better. I just thought that that, that was the way it was. Mm-hmm. But as I got older and started being aware of Latinos who were on screen, I became a little disgruntled with the Anthony Quinns, Rachel Quelch's, Rita Hayworths of the industry, and I think because they may have been hiding their identity as Latinos to fit in. And um, I just kind of thought that they were sellouts, really not realizing at the time that it was the industry itself that was flawed, Mm -hmm. that kind of pushed them underground. She says, I totally remember when I became aware that it was the industry that was stopping the Latino from shining. It was the movie uh, When a Man Loves a Woman starring Andy Garcia and Meg Ryan. I remember how upset I became when this lead Latino actor takes on the role of the husband. the pilot um, takes on the role of the husband pilot, successful Michael Green. I distinctly remember how I became more aware of my Latinidad, especially having taken on my husband's surname, Combs. And then in regard to J-Lo, she says that she she herself is not a a huge fan. And to be honest with you, I've met many uh, Boricuas who will say the same thing. Um, more because of her personal life than career. She says, I do remember being happy that she was cast as Selena. Her being Boricua and taking on that role uh, of a Mexican made me think of uh, that maybe now all Latinos, all Latinos won't be lumped into all being Mexican who eat tacos. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my baby boomer Latina married to a Mexibilly take. Hope it helps. And um, so I thought... I thought it was a good perspective from somebody who has kind of seen the industry change a little bit and seeing how Latinos are coming into the 
into the open. As was said in a previous episode, we've been hiding in, in plain sight this whole time. Mm-hmm. And, and so thought that was uh, I thought that was very helpful. Yeah. Um, going back to it, not everybody a big fan of, of J-Lo because of her personal life. I, I think of the Samaritan woman in John 4, the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 4. I, and I, 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 I've kind of thought, like, what would Jesus, how would Jesus approach J-Lo? Maybe he would go up to her and say, bring your husband. And J-Lo would say, I don't have a husband. And, G- and Jesus would say, you are right when you say you don't have a husband. For you have had three husbands, and the man you are with now is not your husband. He is Batman, but he's not your husband. Um, and the idea here is the big difference between J-Lo and the Samaritan woman is, is a cultural acceptance. And so J-Lo didn't have to fight those cultural, um, you know, the cultural stigma of being divorced to rise up. Nevertheless... She is somebody of, of, of value, and the way Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman and gave her um, value and encouraged her, and, and you see the Samaritan woman doing, you know, uh, doing really evangelism after. And uh, I see, I'm, I'm not saying uh, that exactly about Jayla, but I think we can look beyond her personal life and her mistakes and her flaws and see the great accomplishments. You can love her and still acknowledge, okay, she's flawed because that's what we do with with every all of our relationships. We love people and we acknowledge that they're flawed. We don't we don't co-sign on everything all of our friends say and do. Mm-hmm. So I see that the same way. I know that the uh, some of the naysayers generally stay consistently negative. Our show is not about helping people decide if the content is safe or appropriate for them to consume, but rather to explore the cultural, social, and spiritual impact and significance in the art form and the artists themselves. And so with that being said, you know, we, we take this deep deep dive into JLo's life to recognize that what she's done has kind of been a big deal in terms of cultural acceptance and the industry and opening people's minds and pushing boundaries and... Um, just that she is self-made and and successful is a huge, huge thing. Not just for Latinos, but of course for, or I should say, not just for Puerto Ricans, which we are very proud, but of of Latinidad altogether. I would say my final take on J Lo: a couple of things. One is that she um, founded the Lopez Family Foundation in two thousand nine really around kind of children's health, providing healthcare access for um, moms and kids and families who need healthcare assistance and don't have it or healthcare education and don't have it. And that's her and her sister started that foundation. Um, Again, something I I just didn't know. And the other thing about JLo that she recently launched in Uh, during Hispanic Heritage Month of 2021, so September-ish 2021, um, is something called the Limitless Labs. And it's really to kind of provide resources to small businesses or individuals that want to start up small businesses. So this, I think, um, came from um, just some some research that shows, and, and this is the Stanford Latino Entrepreneurship Initiative. Mm-hmm. 
that's a mouthful. Um, but interestingly, Latinos are the fastest growing segment of U.S. small business. But despite the booming numbers, Latinos still struggle to find financing and other resources like advising to help us succeed. Um, and so because of this, Latinos are more likely to seek and receive funding from sources that expose them to more personal financial risk, according to NBC News and according to the Stanford Latino Entrepreneurship Initiative. So what JLo is trying to do is just provide more resources, more funding, and more advising assistance to to Latinos who are um, either small business owners or looking to launch their small business. So very cool, Limitless cool. Labs. I yeah. love the name even. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's Again, it's empowering others. Absolutely. It's like, all right, I've done it. I'm here. Now let me let you and let me give you the the help and the resources that that you need. So my final take on JLo is like all of us, she's flawed, but she keeps moving and keeps as an artist and as a creator, she keeps putting um, things that she finds beautiful into the world. and, And that's an inspiration for me. Um, so this is where we press stop um, and and in our show. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Mixed Take. If you enjoyed the episode, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also head over to worldoutspoken.com, a site preparing the Mestizo Church for cultural change, where you'll find information on consulting services, thought-provoking blog posts, and other great podcasts such as The Feature, Questions from the Pew, the brand new podcast, La Ventanita, and the one and only Mestizo podcast, the show for the mixed people of the mixed church. Check out amazing articles like We Speak Spanglish, Ike, You hmm. Call Me by My Name, and Poor Because They Are Lazy. Lots of great articles. Absolutely. Of, I mean, it is really rich. I, I Sometimes I go back and just start reading... Uh, so some of the more articles I've missed in the past. Um, recently, a, a recent article that was posted was Grace and Babel. Great read. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of great stuff. Yeah. And I would say beyond some of them, beyond blog posts, they're think pieces um, yeah. and even like short white papers on certain topics. So a great resource, great information. Special thanks to our producer, Michelle Perez. Hey. Thank you. Also, thanks to Emmanuel Padilla and the World Outspoken crew. We hope you join us again as we continue to dive into the world of culture, influence, and content creators. And until next time, cut. It's a wrap.